0: Pastor Zach, I said, it it thrills me. It made me all ushie gushie inside to think, here's that next generation. I mean, does that not excite you? It does me. Um, But my name is Susan Hartle, and I am a daughter of God. I'm living in Bernie, Missouri, just so that you'll know something about me, Uh, loving my husband, Dale for 47 years, well, a little bit more because I fell in love with him before. We have children, Kelly Nygaard, which is with me today, uh, Davis Hartle, and my adopted one, Alicia Collins. I have five grandbabies, yes, I know it, it's the best part about getting old, Olivia, Isabella, who's with me today, is Kelly's, and uh, Christian, and Amelia, the baby, and then I have one that's soon to make their appearance in December, and her little name is Stella. And so we're pretty excited about all of our grandbabies, and uh, we love grandbabies. We can't. Today's theme is Count It All Joy. You got to know, uh, it, I kind of laughed at you a while ago when you said, you know, Sister Dar- Darnell and Susan, they kind of give a different delivery, and I'm thinking, what does that mean? Uh, you know, um, but I, I like to have, I'm a teacher, so I want to, give you three points I want to explain I want to okay this is not that kind of a lesson and I told them I'm just going to see what the Lord's going to do uh, let me give you just a little bit of background and then I'll get started uh, the name of the today's um, conference is Counter all joy and I don't know about you but you know my joy level has been a little bit down lately anybody like that or is it just me Here I am, the teacher. This may be for me. And so I started to look it up. What does this mean? Joy in the Hebrew means simcha. It's a popular name for boys and girls in Israel. And joy is expressed by leaping, shouting, singing, laughing, playing music, dancing. King David said over in Psalms 30, 11 through 12, he said, And this was in the Message Bible, that he may put up, the King James, I don't know. But it says in the Message Bible, it says, You did it. You changed wild lament into whirling dance. You ripped off the black mourning band and decked me with wildflowers. Who told me today that they were, oh, I remember who it was. They were a wildflower. Oh, yeah, she's Kelly, and she's going down under the pew. Uh, But there you were in my first scripture, and it says, this is what David said, I'm about to burst into song. I can't keep quiet about you. God, my God, I can't thank you enough. Simca, joy, it's a word of action because we choose joy. It's a pathway to getting to feel better. I choose joy. I choose joy. Even when things look like crud, I choose joy. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. But my main thought there was, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And the devil wants to keep us down so we're, we'll get all bogged down with crud and stuff. And situations and just anything to keep our mind and our our attitude of joy down and our mind off of God the Father. True? Okay. And so I hate that. And I'm like, no, I'm going to choose Simca. I'm going to choose joy. Psalms 16 and 11 says in the Amplified, but this is King James, which I always go back to that anyway. You will show me the path of life in your presence is what fullness of joy in thy right hand there are pleasures evermore so where does joy come from oh in his presence there is what fullness of joy so being in the presence of god is where i need to be and you know when i've got the cares of the world going on you know where the last place that sometimes i feel like going of course it's not about feelings is it I feel like just going into the mully grubs and... Huh, I know y'all don't feel that way, right? Okay, you've never felt that way. Bless God, hallelujah. Nehemiah says this. Nehemiah 8 and 10 says this. I'm just going to read that very part. What is your strength? What is your strength, church? The joy. The joy of the Lord is... My strength is your strength, the joy of the, no wonder he's trying to shut us down and to keep us from being joyful people, because he knows if he can suck the joy right out of us, he's, he's got us, and here we are in a mess. Uh, it kind of reminded me of like uh, Elijah, uh, and I'm just going to go there, so Elijah. It reminded me of Elijah. Here Elijah was, I mean, he was in the joy of the Lord. He was doing what God told him to do. He said, God, I'm going to follow you. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm your man. I'm going. He said, get on up to Mount Carmel. I want you to go up there. Remember the story? I don't have to tell it all. But God said, let them others go first and let them cry out call out, cut themselves for bail, let them do all that. And then when they get done with all that bellyaching and all that stuff and all that satanic junk, he says, Elijah, I want you to get up and I want you to build me an altar. I want you to just drench it. With like three different barrels full of water. I want you to put the sacrifice on it. And then Elijah, he prayed a simple little 63 year word prayer. And you know what happened? Fire fell from heaven and consumed it all. And he was like joyful. Wow, look what God has done. Look what. Go kill 450 prophets of Baal. Let's get rid of them right now in the name of Jesus. Off they went. They took care of it. Blah. Wow. And just hours later, he was running for his life. He lofted his joy just like that. Oh, that's what I want to hear. It's the truth. There's there's truth. We've all been there. I'm not just talking about Brother Elijah. We need to be more like Elijah. But see, we do the same thing he did. That That joy was absolutely sucked out of us. And then I go back and I rebuild and I'm thinking, okay, okay, okay. The joy of the Lord is my strength, bless God, and then life happens again. Uh, You get betrayed, you're hurt, you're frustrated, you're depressed, you're sick, Uh, you're stuck, you're lonely. You know, Satan doesn't play fair, does he? No. And he catches you off guard when you're not really expecting it. And he, he loves to use the unexpected. He uses people and situations and anything to knock you out of your position with Jesus. So, and the whole time, you can be reading, you can be studying your Bible, you can be praying, you can be listening to worship, you can be, and it will still, before you realize it, you're in a mess. And then you think, in this presence, there's fullness of joy. James 1, 2 through 4 says this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. How about y'all? Get your joy britches on then. You feel great? Ooh, hallelujah. Here comes a divers temptation. It's fixing to try to kick my hind in. Woo! hallelujah. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. I don't want no patience. I know what the Bible says about that. You know, don't pray for pa- Okay. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now let me read it in the Passion Translation. My fellow believers... When it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And then your endurance grows even stronger, and it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. Ooh, I'm thinking, okay, all right. I'm going to count it all joy when I fall into temptations. Now, I, now I'm going to be real with you because that's just all I can be. Uh, I've been experiencing some difficulties. Anybody else? Right, I'm on the only one in the room. have been going through some stuff. Uh, we're fighting sickness. We're fighting trying relationships. We're fighting principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, we are. In the church, uh, we're trying to retire because Dale and I are at that age. Um, we're trying to fight that betrayal because there, you feel oh yeah, you got you feel betrayed. Uh, you get discouraged sometimes. All right. How many's been there? Okay, so I have thank you, brother. I have contemplated in my mind. Uh, I played around with it for several months, you, how I could um, exit out of ministry. I, why are you laughing? I really have. I thought, you know, I could be like everybody else. You know, they can they can come to church or they can not come to church. Que sera, Because, you know, here I am. I've dedicated my life to God. I've kind of dedicated my life to the church to build it, to teach people, to decide people, and people really don't give a rat's butt. Oh, did I say that in the pulpit? No, I didn't. I'm down here. Whoo, praise God. Um, you know, I'm being real. I'm thinking, okay, other people they can they buy their vacation homes in Florida, and that's my dream, not necessarily Florida. I just want to be by the water somewhere where I can look at it. I don't want to be in it. But I just want to be there so I can smell it and, you know, and then eat seafood. I just, you know, and everybody else does that. And, you know, when me and Dale talk, the first thing that comes up is, you know, we can never do that, right? Because our life is here. I know. I know. But what if I didn't have that anymore? What about that? What about it? You know, I've thought about our people because I love our people. I do the good, bad, and the ugly, I love them, I do and I want them to learn and I want them to do good and I, and I, it's just like well you're going to leave them too you're going to leave them stranded what are you going to do when you take off to Timbuktu in your nice vacation home looking at the water and what are they going to do, are they going to be unchurched then because you took off and ran I mean I've I've been contemplating stuff in my mind have you ever done that okay thank you and so um you know then sister virginia god bless her she calls and she says well i want you to come and teach at the conference and i'm like okay yeah and then i said what's your theme and she said count it all joy and i thought good i love that and then everything broke loose and i thought i don't love it as much anymore um And I just was really battling. And I had battled. I have spent some nights up. um, (laughs) And I just, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know how I was going to get my joy back. I didn't know what I was going to do. Because I'm just a person just like everybody else. And I found this man on YouTube. And I'm going to share his stuff today. Because... I think that the Lord led me there, and that man saved my butt. Thank you, Father, for sending him. I think um, I'm going to share a lot of what he said with you. He said that everybody lives their life out of three chairs. And I thought, okay. You know, and I got my earbuds in, and I'm cleaning house. That's what I do. And he said, chair number one, chair number two, and chair number three. And I immediately, I thought, oh, what's this going to be about, and which chair am I going to be in? I thought, oh, yeah. Because I thought, I felt Holy Spirit. Number one symbolizes the kingdom of God. It's where we want to be. Number two symbolizes the kingdom of self. It's where we spend most of our time. And the last chair is the kingdom of the world. We don't see how rocky it is. We don't want to be there. Because this is the lost chair. You're lost when you're sitting in that. And so I thought, okay. When I'm sitting with God, I have peace. I have joy, I have contentment, I have rest, because I know who I am in him. I feel him, I hear him. Whew, it's good to be with Papa. Oh, but look at everything that's going on, and then, oh, I've got, uh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I want to do this, and I, I just, I, I, I I I need this and I I'd like to go to a vacation home and I'd like to look at the water and I want to just leave everything and I want to go away. Self, the kingdom of self. It's all about me and my wants. The third one is where the world sits. A world that doesn't know Christ as their savior, that's looking for something real something that will help them something that would fill the void in them not even knowing what they need oh. okay. I want to talk about the world first if I could uh, I went and ministered at uh, rehab down in Paragulitz in his wings. Oh, baby, thank you so much. I'm about, I ball all the time. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. Uh. And I put these chairs out and I said, okay, this is what God taught me. And I taught them and I said, where is it that you're setting? This is the kingdom of God. This is self and this is lost. And I had one little girl run up immediately and she sat right here. Right here. And I had another one come up and say, right here. But the kingdom of the world, this is where Satan loves to keep us, right here in this rocky awful place of darkness. And he he wants to keep us here and he will do whatever it takes to keep you there. You need to go to church. You need it. You need a touch. Somebody says you need God. You need God. You need God. I, and and that voice within them says I, you don't need God. You don't need the church. You don't need it. This is not, that's not for you. You know that religion stuff? That's not for you. Well, I'm think. oh, oh make it stronger, my Kelly. I'm on it. Now, make sure I get out of this in a right. minute. <laughs> now she tells me. Keep going around, and around. Well, you know, I want to go to the bar with my friends on Saturday night. Well, you know, I, oh, I think I'll do a little bit of weed because I need to chill out just a little bit. I, oh, I, well, and then you get a call from, you know, Debbie. Come and go to church with me Sunday. Well, I I, I can't. It's impossible. I'm tied to this, and I can't get loose And I don't know how to get to God. And I don't know what to do. I don't know how to find him. I can't find him. What am I going to do? I can't get loose. I'm stuck. How many times have you heard that with people? I'm stuck. I'm stuck in my stuff and I can't move. I can't get loose. Because the world has them. And the world does not want to let go. Right? This is simple. Okay. I said, in the name of Jesus, loose me and let me go. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah. Sometimes it takes a while. Okay, the girl's got a master's in teaching, not in rope tying. Right. Okay. Thank you. They won't let you hog tie, kids. No. (laughs) What's wrong (laughs) with that? Thank you, baby girl. Whoop, still yet. And that's just about how bad it is when you're trying to get out of the mess, and it you are entangled with the the junk because it still pulls you back. Remember, hey, you need a little bit of that weed just to chill chill you out. Oh, this is it's too hard today. It's too hard today. You need to break away. You need to go to the bar. You need to. I don't even know what people do anymore. But there's always something that the devil says, I can feel that for you. I can feel it for you. You know, uh, I thought about chair number one, and um, Jesus and God had a perfect relationship. He was completely confident in God. And God was completely confident in Jesus. God and Jesus, they were like this. They were so entwined together. They had intimacy together. Quiet time. They knew each other. He spent time with his father. When the cares of the world got to him, he didn't run to the world. He ran to the mountains so that he could get along with God, so him and God could talk. Jesus He knew who he was. In John 14 and 7, it says this, Jesus talking. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From henceforth you know him and have seen him. If you have known me, you have also known the Father. And Jesus knew who he was. He knew that God loved him, completely loved him. Now here's the kicker. This is what this is the statement that he made, and I thought, what? It said this, that Jesus loved Jesus as the Father. The same way that the Father loved Jesus is how that Jesus loved himself. He loved himself, and I thought, well, that kicks self-hatred in the head, doesn't it? It's a joy killer. True? Okay, so aren't we supposed to be in chair number one? Aren't we supposed to know who we are in him? Yes. Jesus knew perfect love, which is God. And what does that scripture say? Perfect love cast out all fear? Okay, so what how how much fear did Jesus have? None. Not any. Not any. Not a shred. When it came by him, it just kept on going because it had nothing to hook on to him with. No fear. Okay? So, in chair number one, God tells me who I am. I'm his daughter. You're my daughter, Susan. I love you. You're the apple of my eye. And in chair number two, Satan says, you ain't all that. Have you ever looked at yourself? Your nose is too big. Your hind end's too big. I, you've got, you're stupid. You can't do this. You can't do anything. You better stay set. You can't do it. Okay? And you know, this is what we do. We war between listening to God and listening to the devil. I wanted to talk about an orphan spirit today. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, that's just where I'm going. The world is operating in an orphan spirit today, now as never before. Now, let me tell you right now talking about a joy killer. uh, A spiritual orphan is always looking for security, affirmation, love, and acceptance. An orphan spirit setting in two, you can be saved and have an orphan spirit. You don't have value, a purpose significance because it has never experienced those things from the father they're stuck in chair number two and i'm talking about the father both fathers if you had a father that wasn't a portrayal of jesus and god the father to you it's harder it's harder i've talked about that before with davis's wife victoria because her father was such an example of what a daddy should be and so she has no problems when I tell Victoria God the father loves you immediately she goes to her daddy and she says right and she knows that her papa God loves her because her daddy Victor was a wonderful example of what a daddy should be okay but so many people don't have that And the orphan spirit walks in to kill, steal, and destroy you. Orphans don't know who they are. Orphans have to look after their own self because they're never sure if anybody else is even going to notice them or take care of them. So orphans are restless. They're always striving. Sons and daughters of God, they produce sons and daughters of God. But orphans... Orphans produce orphans. Let me pick up my glasses. Because he was stuck in cheer number two, and he didn't even realize he was stuck. He had justified himself. Okay, there's another sermon right there. How many of us have justified ourselves in our self walk? me and the brother back there Uh, I tell you God the Father he loves us and really if we could get a vision of how much he loves us it would just it would wreck us we'd never be the same I remember I ministered to a, a preacher, uh, his spiritual son. He, it was, you know, he was younger, and he just could not get over himself. He couldn't. I did this. I, I, I don't know what's wrong. And, and finally, I just I said, hush, just hush, hush. Don't say another word. Just look at me. And Papa told me what to say. He said, you don't know who God is. You don't know who he is. I want your assignment is you go through your Bible and you write down how much the Father loves you. And about, that's been about a year ago, and he still will call me, about two years, and he'll stay. Susan, you remember when you, yeah, he said, you saved my life. You saved my life. Because we don't realize how much the Father loves us. I'm going to go back to my rehab one more time. Because I don't have a lot. I'm just being real. I took Dale down to this rehab with me because they need a mama. There's 35, 40 of those women in one of Jennifer Tarwater's houses in in Annie's Wings Ministry. She has four of them, four houses. She's doing a great work down in Perigol. And um, we had 35, 40 women, and I brought Dale in, and they seen how we were together. And uh, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe that um, you would still like each other when you, after you've been married almost 47 years. And I had talked about him previously. So when they seen him, they, they thought, oh. And when we really got to ministering to them at the end, all, mostly, all of, almost all of those girls were fatherless. They might have had a daddy in the house, but they were fatherless. They didn't have anybody that loved them and covered them. And so Dale, he'd done, he done the Father's blessing over them, the Father's love over them. And I said, the first one, I said, come up. And this little girl, she was just broken. She was just broken. She'd been an addict all of her life, and she was like 30. And I love, I love them all. And... uh I said, Dale, stand in for her daddy. And Dale got up there, and he said, honey, and he took her little hands in his, and he said, look at me. He said, I just want to take the place of your daddy and stand in for him right now. And I want to tell you right now that I love you, and I'm so proud of you. For your daddy that couldn't tell you or wouldn't or didn't even know how, To tell you that he loved you and cared for you. I stand in for him right now. And I ask your forgiveness. And I just want you to know I'm so glad that you were born. And that baby broke. And she cried and she cried and she cried and she cried. And he held her while she wept. And something spiritually broke within her. She ain't been the same since. Because we need to be reconciled back to... We forgot who he is. We are love children of a love God. And he loves us so, so very much. You can't get real joy until you get that. Who are you today? Who are you? I am his beloved daughter. But there's some of you, when I said that, you thought, am i papa loves me say it papa loves me and some of you in your mind the devil is saying does he really i mean he might love her but he can't love me papa god adores you you are the apple of his eye he says but that thing inside of you says, not me, not me. That's chair number two thinking, okay. Number, cheer, number two chair is all about fear. It's all about guilt and shame. And Satan is the poster child for guilt and shame. Remember, God loved Lucifer because God is love. So why did Lucifer fall? Because Lucifer didn't love Lucifer the way that God loved Lucifer. And he thought, why am I stuck being the crummy uh, worship leader when I could have been God, okay? You never heard Jesus say that. Why am I stuck with being the son when I could have been the daddy? No. Mm -mm. Okay. Jesus never said that because he knew who he was. I'm going to come back to one more scripture. Chair number one thinking is this. What can I give? I'm going to church tonight. What can I give? I'm going to Walmart today. What can I give while I'm there? I'm going to work at your wonderful workplace, Sister Bridget. What can I do there? And cheer number two thinking says, what can I get? What am I going to get when I come? What am I going to get at church? What's going to be for me? What's What am I going to get? I'm going to go to Walmart. What am I going to get? Somebody go get my parking place. What am I going to get? It's all about me. It's all about me. Number one chair is all about a resting place. Number two chair is all about performance. Number one chair is all about humility. Number two chair is all about pride. Number One chair is all about love, power, and a sound mind. And the other chair is all about fear, fatigue, forsakenness. Mm. Number one chair is about, I'm going to change my world and impact my world with the Father. Oh, I'm an influencer. Thank you, Jesus. Influence in the world because I'm so full of God. And number two cheer is, I'm influenced by the world. Mm. Number one cheer is like, I'm anointed. I am anointed. I am anointed. And number two cheer is, I'm annoyed. And I am annoying. It's true. Number one cheer is like, I'm in a marriage. And number two cheer is like, well I'm just on a date I'm dating we haven't settled on marriage yet well you need to go ahead and dive in and get into commitment and relationship with the father Mm -hmm. right okay number one chair is about habitation and number two chair is about a visitation you know, God wants to do something in us. I know he does. This guy, he taught me, and I thought, oh, my gosh. I, I just, I, I've missed it again, Father. Every time I think I've got it, I realize I ain't got it at all. <laughs> and he said, you need a baptism of love. And I thought, oh, I've never thought about that before just a baptism in his love I mean I just need to be immersed in his love to remember who I am in him so that I can look at you all the way that God looks at you because that's important okay so I'm wondering today uh, is this message just for me Do we need more of God so that we can have some joy? Do we need to lay down some stuff that's been bogging us down, weighting us down, and put on his robe of righteousness instead of that that heaviness? What do you think? I want to be more like Penny. Y'all don't know Penny, but I just want to be more like her. I'll just tell you, I, I'm just going to tell you that's how, I, let me tell you how Penny is. She don't care. She she has a prayer, can I tell that? It's too late now, done started. She has a prayer room, and she just goes out there and spends hours, just her and the father, she loses all track of time, and she gets loud because it's her and daddy. She has habitation, I get bogged down with the world. She just goes out to Papa. She's like Jesus. She learned from Jesus. Jesus went away to the mountain, got along with God, got it back, went out and done whatever she needed to do. I need to be more like Jesus. Who needs to be more like Jesus? Who wants more love than what they've got? Who needs more love so that you can look at everybody the right way? Because sometimes I just want to slap people. You? Have you ever felt that way? Raise your hands if you ever wanted to just slap. Like, oh, thank you. I don't feel so bad. Because I'm thinking, you know, people should know better. They should know better. They got the word within them. What's it going to take? People are dying and going to hell while they're vying for, you know, like supremacy. I'm thinking, what? What's where's your love? Gone. But we've got to have love. I want more love. I've got to have more love. I can't do this without more love. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray, God, that you would just anoint us, Father, with some fresh oil. Father, that we would get our love level back to where it needs to be, right in your presence, Father. Help us, Father, to learn who we are in you. And then we can go wherever and do whatever we need to do. We don't want to be in chair number two because it has wheels on it and it has no stability. But you are unchangeable, Papa. We want to be with you, anchored securely in your love. Forgive me, Father. Forgive me, Lord, for even doubting for a second. And I pray, Father, that you would fill us back up with your joy so that we can count it all joy no matter what comes our way. what do you think? Does anybody need prayer? It's been different for me. I've never done anything like this before. I like the three-point messages. I had to be real with you. How's your love walk? Is it up? You got enough? Did you see some orphan spirit within you? Maybe you're in chair number three, and you just need to get it right. You need to get out of chair number three, and you need to get back where you're supposed to be. Maybe that's where you're at. Just going to take a second, and then I'm going to sit down. blessings in the name of Jesus I pray that you will just excel and your conference will just be totally what God wants it to be (laughs) and your joy level will be all the way to overflowing and I would ask you to pray for us because we're going through some stuff and uh, I just need your prayer and I appreciate it okay so in the name of Jesus thank you amen Thank you, sister. Was that good? Uh, Hallelujah. You have something you. Do I? Oh, lay hands on her. Come on back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You want to sit in the chair? We'll let you in the hot seat. Hallelujah, hallelujah.